It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For the duration of this episode, I promise I will not be petty. I promise I will not mention that LeBron James has never defeated the Orlando Magic in a playoff series. I will not mention how much Dwight Howard made his life a living hell for the eight years that he was in Orlando. I'm not going to mention any of that. We're going to celebrate the King. And we're going to talk about some playoff basketball because the Magic are getting close to where they need to do that. Let's get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 8th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic play a really, really intense game against the New York Knicks. A game that puts into focus, A, how good this Magic team can be, and B, how much further they have to go to get ready for the games that really matter. We're going to dive into that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember this great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Uh, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. I want to start today's conversation by first acknowledging the Orlando Magic are not in the playoffs. Um, they are. They, they, these are not playoff games. These are not... Uh, the, the, the only thing we can do right now is try to simulate what the postseason's going to feel like what the intensity is going to be like, what what kind of focus this team needs to have. Let's just be completely upfront and real about this. The Magic are in the postseason chase. There might be some, I know there's still some fans looking down at the standings. We got to look up the standings. We got to be looking up at the teams that we're chasing. And Orlando has some ground to make up and some teams to climb over, but the Magic are in the postseason chase. And, and with the trade deadline tomorrow, we're going to get to that later, um, with the trade deadline tomorrow, Thursday, um, we are in the sprint to the end of the season. The final quarter of the season begins shortly after the All-Star break, so the All-Star break's a great dividing line. We are in the sprint to the end of the season. And this young Orlando Magic team, with everything they have gone through, with everything they have accomplished, are in the race. They're about 17 and 13 over the last 30 games. They put themselves in a position, you know, even 10, 11 games under 500 to be in the chase. There are three games back of the Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, and Washington Wizards, uh, and Chicago Bulls, I guess, for that final play-in spot. 
And yes, I know we're talking about the play-in, we're not talking about the playoffs, but every bit of experience that this team could get playing winning basketball, playing competitive basketball, is so crucial, is so big. It matters. And that's why Tuesday's game was really, really good. Yes, the Magic lost 102-98. to But it's been a while since the Magic were in a kind of back-and-forth battle like they were Tuesday night. The atmosphere inside the Amway Center, the third largest crowd in Orlando Magic history. Um, Amway Center is bigger than the Orlando Arena, so you know that, 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 that certainly helps. Um, the third largest crowd in Magic history with Knicks fans shouting, Magic fans shouting. It had a real playoff intensity vibe. And with the way both the Magic and the Knicks were defending, you could really feel the passion and energy. The Knicks are in as much of a playoff chase as Orlando is. Even at the seventh seed, the Knicks are trying to avoid that play-in tournament. They're trying to climb over Miami. So everybody is jockeying for position. And guess what? That's how a lot of these games are going to feel down the stretch with so many teams in postseason chases, playing games that matter. All these games are going to have this intensity. And of course, that's kind of the point. That's what the Magic want to feel. They want to feel this intensity, this poise, this precision. They want to feel the pressure that it's going to take to win these games. So no, this isn't a playoff game in the sense that you know we're not going to play the Knicks tomorrow with a chance to make adjustments, with a chance to learn, with a chance to grow. But it was a playoff game in the sense that the intensity was there and the game really turned, honestly, on one shot. And a shot that Paolo Bancaro was still kind of steaming and fuming about a little bit even after the game on social media. With about a minute to play, the Magic are down by one point. They're going back and forth. They exchange the lead seven times in the final uh, five minutes. They're going back and forth, and Bancaro gets down the baseline, beats his man, meets Jericho Sims at the rim, and does a reverse layup. Really tough shot, but a shot he's capable of making. The ball kind of hit off the backboard, rolled around a little bit, and then fell off. The Knicks go to the other end of the floor. They get a basket. They go up three. And, and now suddenly the Magic are chasing a little bit. In fact, that whole kind of final minute, minute and a half, two minutes, was the Jalen Brunson show. Where Jalen Brunson just got into his bag, got to spots that he was comfortable with, and made some tough shots, let's be honest. Forced the Magic to give help so he could find Jericho Sims to make it a, a three-point game in that in that instance. The Magic, frankly, they executed their stuff well, but they couldn't hit a shot. Um, they were scrambling and surviving to stay in this game at the at the end when the pressure really ramped up. Trying to answer a three-point deficit, Franz Wagner took a, a really good three-pointer, but just never got his feet set, seemed to rush his shot, and just like last week's game against Philadelphia... Orlando missed so many three-pointers, you could tell the team was pressing a little bit. They weren't afraid to shoot threes, but they were rushing. They were, they were, there, there was a lot more pressure to make those shots, uh, make those shots uh, in, in that instance. Um, to say the least, that's a problem that this roster, uh, they, they don't have enough shooting. Um, and, and, and honestly, Franz Wagner's one of their better three-point shooters. I don't mind him taking those threes, but... Uh, they need to, I mean, in the playoffs, it's not about what your percentages are. You got to make shots because the difference between a 2-2 series and a 3-1 series is often just a missed three, is often just one play. But again, 
that's what this season and that's what these moments are for. To learn these lessons. To get this experience. To get, to, to feel even a simulation of that kind of pressure. To come to the realization that, hey, you know, if we miss the playoffs by a single game, it's going to turn on that shot against the Knicks. Nikola Jokic's game winner uh, against the Nuggets. Franz Wagner missing a layup against the Pacers. You can live with makes or misses, but in the playoffs, the results matter and they all add up. Everything adds up. Again, this is all a positive thing for this Magic team because this pressure is not, nor should it, go away the rest of the year. You know, a a lot of people were frustrated. A lot of people after the game, they're frustrated with the result. And that's fine. Be frustrated with the result. The results are important. Be frustrated that, hey, you know, Jamal Mosley stuck with Bull Bull a little too long. I agree completely with that. Um, Didn't go back to his starters uh, quick enough. But again, Mosley's thinking about development more than winning winning games necessarily. That's that's kind of his MO this year. And that's just what we're going to have to live with until we get really serious about a playoff chase. And maybe that's that is something that needs to change. But this game was about looking at the postseason and trying to play with the postseason poise and precision it's going to take to win. This team is going to get there eventually. It may not be this season. It's probably going to be next season. But this team is going to get to playing these pressure games all the time. And failing today, and I saw some people say, like, why didn't the Magic keep the ball in Markel Fultz's hands? Which, yes, they should have. Um, but at the same time, setting up plays for Franz and Paolo to execute in these pressure situations, that's going to pay off down the road. That's going to pay off more next year and the year after than it is this year. This year is okay to fail. It's not okay to repeat the same mistakes. It's not okay to fail it's, uh, um, uh, uh, repeatedly. But it's okay to fail. And certainly late game situations, uh, y'all know what I say about late games. Good teams don't win late games, they avoid them. But a team in the Magic situation has to find ways to win these games. And you're not going to find ways to win these games unless you have been through the battle before. Unless you have been through that struggle and and know that, understand that sometimes that shot doesn't roll in. And you got to find a way on the other end. Or you got to find a way to, 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 to stay ahead or... You just got to take the loss sometimes, move on to the next one, and learn and get better. That's what this game was about. That's what the Magic did in this loss against the Knicks. They took one on the chin. And you could feel the frustration that they couldn't pull this one out. A game that they largely had control of for most of the game, taking as much as a 12-point lead. But a game where they never could quite put the Knicks away. And the Knicks came back, tied it up with five minutes ago, and we were in a battle till the end. A real intense battle. And honestly, I said I thought this to myself during the game. I would love to see Knicks Magic in the play-in. I would love to see an actual playoff game between these two teams because it would be fascinating and it would be fun. For a low-scoring game, this was a fun game. And hopefully for the Magic, that fun is going to help them learn to do this better the next time. Playoff basketball... Is not quite here yet. But this team has to get ready to play these kinds of games more and more and more. 
and they have to find ways to win these games if they want to get where they want to go. We're going to go through the box score real fast, take a look at uh, at some of the individual performances in this game, plus we'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier. Those cookies in my cabinet are not helping. But if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then you've got to try Built Bar. Built With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolutions uh, or if you've given up on those just to have around the house. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's, that's, that's a selling point by itself. I should have probably just led with that they're covered in chocolate. These are chocolate bars, guys. Chocolate's good. Um, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. It's really incredible. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. You know, it's even better. They're healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. These aren't like those other protein bars that are like 300 calories, uh, have the same amount of protein, and just make you feel kind of bloated and yucky afterward. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Find them today at Walmart or Sam's Club, or you can still, of course, order them online at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day. Every day, I got two fun announcements for you. First, the NBA trade deadline is approaching. Locked On has you covered. Thursday, February 9th, that is tomorrow, tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern time to hear reactions from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders and who is taking for a better future? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and don't miss a deal. We'll have the local hosts come on. I'll probably be hanging out there for a little bit before I head off to the Magic game. Um just chatting about what's going on at the trade deadline and throughout the NBA. My second announcement, I know this is coming a little bit late, today at 5 p.m., so February 8th, 2023, at 5 p.m., I'm going to host a Twitter Spaces on the Locked On, on the, uh, sorry, on the Orlando Magic Daily um, uh, Twitter page. Uh, I will take your trade deadline questions. It's been a while since we've done a live show. I'm going to do it 5 p.m. today. I know it's a little bit late notice. I'll put it on, on Orlando Magic Daily's Twitter page as well. We're going to do a Twitter Spaces. We'll chat a little bit about the trade deadline. Ask me your magic questions. I'll hang out there for about 45 minutes to an hour. That'll be our episode uh, for tomorrow. I'll get that up early as well in case you miss it. We'll get we'll get through the trade. We'll get through the trade your trade deadline questions, your burning questions about this team, 
as we get ready for the rest of the season. So check that out. That'll be today at 5 p.m. And don't forget the Locked On NBA show tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time. All right, let's dive into the box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the New York Knicks 102-98. Again, in front of the third largest crowd in Amway Center history, uh, I know that there were a lot of Knicks fans in the building. You could hear them on the broadcast, but uh, Magic fans showed up too. And, and honestly, like playing well in these games is really big for growing a fan base. So kudos to the Magic. They, they continue to play well. Uh, I really, uh, honestly, like just, just from, a, from what I've seen, Magic fans are really activated and energized about this team. It's not just my listeners who I'm talking to. It's not just the people I talk to on Twitter as well. There is definitely a buzz about this team, and people are really excited to see what this team becomes. Um, so, you know, everyone's getting it on the ground floor. I've been really impressed and excited about the response from Magic fans this season. So let's dive into the box score uh, for this game. A really balanced scoring effort for Orlando overall. They honestly, like, they didn't play that. They played. They didn't play great offensively. It's like 110 offensive rating, 112 defensive rating. Um, they didn't play poorly on either end. To be perfectly honest, they did their job. They did enough to win this game. It, again, just came down to a missed shot here, uh, a, a bad rotation there. The things that playoff games turn on. Playoff games turn on these little errors and on these little things. So let's dive into the box score. Marco Fultz, the leader in this one. 21 points, nine for 12 shooting. Four rebounds, six assists, uh, three turnovers for him. Uh, Kel was fantastic. Had a couple really nice dunk, put-back dunks. Just a real determination to make sure this team stayed competitive, stayed in the lead, and, and won the game. Uh, he, I've been saying this for, for, for a while now, you can't really measure how important Markel Fultz is for this team. Uh, he was just controlling, the te- he just controls the tempo of the game so effectively. And that's just such a big, big thing for this team. He's just so good at managing his pace and, and keeping the team kind of on rhythm. Uh, he gets he gets to his spots real well. He was getting to the basket real well. Um, you know, he was finding guys for passes and, and was, you know, one of the few guys that was able to kind of get the ball moving. At the end of the day, I, honestly, like, the Magic shot 6-for-25 from 3 in this game. I don't think shooting is the biggest problem with this group. Um, and, and this is going to be a controversial take. I don't think shooting is the biggest problem with this group. I like a lot of this these, this team's shooters. You know, Gary Harris is obviously a great shooter. Franz Wagner is a good shooter. He's going through a little bit of something right now, but he's a good shooter. Wendell Carter is a capable three-point shooter. Paolo Bancaro will be a good shooter. He's not there yet, but he will be a good shooter. Um, you know, yes, that lineup could use a little bit more shooting, and, and Markel Fultz is part of it. Over two from beyond the arc. At least he's willing to take those shots. Um... But I, I, this is not a volume three-point shooting team. I think the issue is not the three, the, not the makes. It's the quality of the attempts they're getting. This team is struggling to pass the ball. And, and I think that that showed itself most late in the game. Where it was a lot of isolation. It was a lot of one-on-one kind of dribble driving. And look, it's good that the Magic can do that. It's good that that's part of the offense. But at the end of the day, this team has to pass the ball real well. Look, 23 assists on 37 makes. They've got to move the ball. They got to get that assist. They're one of the worst teams in the league in assists per game. They got to get that assist number up. And again, free throw assists aren't counted. Magic 18 for 24 from the line. They got to the line plenty. Um, they've got to get that assist number up. That is that is the big big thing for this Magic team. Get that assist number up. And to me, that's passing it. That's getting inside, kicking it out, passing it around the horn, finding that guy in the corner. 
Why does Gary Harris only have two three-point attempts? Why is he only shooting three shots? You know, Gary Harris is shooting 45-plus percent from beyond the arc. Gary Harris gets the ball and shoots a lot when the ball is passed and swung to him. He's not creating his own shot. He's the one guy in the Magic starting lineup who is not creating his own shot. The Magic have to work the ball to him. They have to get the ball to him. Um, that's, That's such a big thing. And so much of this team's offensive success is predicated on its passing. And some of that's just trust and some of that's just experience. Franz Wagner is a good passer, but he's looking, you know, he's he has, he's still learning and seeing situations. Paolo Bancaro is still learning and seeing situations. These guys are capable passers on the interior, but it's understanding making that next pass, that extra pass to get the open shot. They wait, they, they missed it a few times in this game. They took their own shot and you know, not that they were bad looks but they took their own shot instead of moving the ball. So I I would argue that the Magic are a better shooting team than they look. I question the quality of their looks. And then I, you know, to some extent, I question the confidence. Like when the shots aren't falling, they start to press. You can see them pressing. You can see them struggling with it. Um, They got to keep the ball moving. That's that's just such a big key for this team. Um, Again, uh, a lot of things to really like. Markel Fultz had a fantastic game. Really got the ball moving. And look, Paolo Bancaro still had five assists. Franz Wagner still had four assists. They're, assist, they're, they're pass-heavy guys made passing plays. It's not like they didn't pass the ball. It's not like they're selfish. What I'm saying is, to get better three-point looks, it takes making the extra pass. It takes making that defense scramble a little bit. Because that's actually going to open things back up on the inside too. So again, it's just understanding situations, seeing situations, and... At the end of the day, stepping down, stepping up and making making shots. Uh, Franz Wagner, really nice game as well. 18 points, 7 for 12, shooting at 12 of those 18 in the first half. Uh, f- uh, two rebounds, four assists. Just a solid game from Franz. Um, starting to get his offensive groove back. He, he struggled a little bit on the road trip. Um, getting his offense back. You know, he's finding his way to wedge his way into the paint again. Uh, uh, again, just he could get to the basket when he wants. Got to you know, got to keep getting to the foul line. He had uh, three. He had four free throw attempts. Um, got to keep getting to the foul line. Got to keep get improving there. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, an up and down game for him. 16 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 0 for 3 from deep, 4 for 8 from the foul line, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. There's two things that, there's two things about Paolo here. First, his scoring, his scoring slump, he's not in a scoring slump, he's in a shooting slump. Um, he's getting to his spots, he's getting to the basket, he's missing shots, missing three-pointers. It's, you know, it's hard to say why that's the case, um, but, you know, he's still an impactful player. He gets to the foul line really well. He's got to continue to make free throws. He's got to make free throws. That's that's just bottom line, got to make free throws. Um, but uh, otherwise, he knows he's not shooting as well and as effectively as he'd like. He's still taking those shots. He's not shying away from that. But he's really done a good job over the last two or three games focusing on other areas. Being a better passer, being a better assist, assist maker and playmaker. Those assist numbers are up. He's contributing in a positive way. Uh, rebounding has been a big focus throughout the whole year. He is being more attentive on the glass. And so, look, I think uh, I saw at least one troll, you know, really put some skepticism on Paolo. I'm just like, like, this is the worst Paolo is going to be. Like, this is the, the season. Rookies are always bad. I, I, I will keep saying that. No matter how good Paolo Bancaro is, rookies are always bad. Paolo Bancaro is not, it's not having a bad season. But he is not a he is not a superstar player yet. We're seeing hints of it. We're seeing that he can get there, but he is not there yet. 
that's okay. We don't need it all at once. It just needs to, ha- it'll happen. It'll develop naturally. He's going to take everything he's learned this offseason, work on some stuff in the summer, and come back a significantly better player. So, it, it, like, don't freak out about Paolo having a bad stretch. He's hitting the rookie wall a little bit. All-Star break's going to help him. I think he's going to, I think he and a lot of the team is going to come back really refreshed after the All-Star break, even with Paolo and Franz going to Salt Lake City for, uh, for the, for the All-Star weekend. Um, Paolo is, is contributing in other ways, though, and in other really meaningful ways. And I really like how he's playing and the things that he's doing to kind of get himself going. Um, eight rebounds is really big. It just a really, you know, he's he's starting to really assert himself physically uh, on the glass, and, and I really, really like what I'm seeing from him. And he's contributing elsewhere, so I I, I do like uh, do like his play there. Uh, Wendell Carter, a solid 13 points, five for nine shooting, six rebounds for him. Not. Not a particularly uh, strong game, not a particularly noticeable game from Wendell. Um, again, three turnovers is probably the biggest thing. Orlando only 11 turnovers in this game. So again, you look at the markers for the Magic. They did a lot of things that they need to do to win. Only 11 turnovers, 13 New York points. Um, they have uh, they beat New York 48-36 to 36 in the paint. They win the free throw line. Orlando did a lot of things they need to do to win the game. The, way, the areas that they lost this game are three-point defense. New York hit 15-40 of through threes. That's not terrible percentage for Orlando to give up, but only making six, that's nine. That's 27 points you got to make up. Orlando made up some of it at the foul line, but they couldn't make up for it elsewhere. And so it's just, that's, that's, that's just a big, big gap to try and fill. And look, Orlando was in the lead for much of the game. Uh, and then New York hit, scored 36 points in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, let me pull up those stats. In the fourth quarter, New York made five threes. So five of those 15 threes came in the fourth quarter. Orlando just couldn't keep up at that point. Um, it, it, it's, you know, again, it's a broken record. The Magic need to shoot threes better. Um, again, I explained part of what I think is the problem with the three-point shooting. They got to st- step up and hit some of those shots. Like, they, they were able to keep pace for only so long. Bo Wagner hit a couple threes off the bench. The bench really didn't give the same scoring punch that it usually does. Um, 13 points from Bo Wagner, 9 from Cole Anthony, not really efficient shooting. The the, the 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 offensive kind of push really dropped with the with the bench out there. The, the starters did a decent job. The bench really, really struggled. But we got two classic defensive games and defensive performances from Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac put Julius Randle in lockdown. Julius Randle pushed him and got a technical foul for it. Um, but only one for five shooting from Jonathan Isaac. Two points, five rebounds. Again, Isaac's playing really well. Like, he's doing a lot of really good things. He's playing great defense. Same thing with Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs only three points, one for four shooting. His defense on Jalen Brunson was fantastic. It was so good that a lot of Magic fans were questioning Jamal Mosley for taking him out of the game midway through the second quarter, to which the response was, well, he Jalen Suggs had played like six, seven minutes before then. You're not having him play 12 straight minutes. I mean, maybe you could, maybe in a playoffs, maybe in an actual playoff situation. You plan for that, you do that. Um, but Jalen Suggs' defense is really good. <laughs> um, and, and it's it's... Like it's even with his poor shooting, it is hard to take Jalen Suggs off the floor. That is that is a compliment to Jalen Suggs, and really again stresses some of the questions and issues that this roster has that Jamal Mosley has to manage. And look, he's not going to manage it perfectly. He's I I want to I I will I like repeating this too. Jamal Mosley is as young as this roster is. He's going to make mistakes, and he's not going to be perfect. The Orlando Magic fall to the New York Knicks, one hundred two to ninety eight. We'll talk some real briefly, talk a little bit about what we're expecting on Thursday uh, and, and what's going on around the league. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. Look, the big game is coming up on Sunday. We got tons of NBA action coming up over the next few days. You want to get involved and you want to play a daily fantasy game that lets you pick your competition. Those other daily fantasy games, you're entering these gigantic player pools. You're having to deal with a salary cap. They're just too complicated. You don't even know how the scoring works. With prize picks, everything is simple. It's just about more or less. It's really, really that simple. You think Paolo Bancaro is going to score more than 20 points against the Denver Nuggets on Thursday? That's what you say. He scores more. It's it's really even. It's really just that simple. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, no gigantic player pools. It's just you versus the projections available. It's just you and your skill. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college basketball, soccer, WNBA, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked up. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. I'm going to close the show real fast um, by first reminding you that today at 5 p.m., February 8th, 2023, 5 p.m., uh, I will be going on Twitter on the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter spaces. So at Omagic Daily, we will chat trade deadline. I'll take your trade deadline questions. So come prepared. We'll hang out for 45 minutes to an hour. That'll be our episode for tomorrow. So if you miss it, you will get to. Hear it in full. I will try and uh, wire my phone in uh, a little bit better than I have in the past, but I probably won't. Um, but it's it's trade deadline eve, um, and, and and I can't. You know, we got to talk about the trade deadline. I, I I am someone who avoids the trade deadline. I I, I don't like it um, as much because it's just there's just so much going around that you're just not sure is is accurate or true. And 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 I'm I'm someone that you know rumors are interesting. But I, I don't, I, I'm just not into them. I'm not into the whole rumor culture um, that pervades NBA media sometimes. Uh, I am a game person. I like games. Uh, I, like, I like watching games. I like covering games. I like talking about games. I like breaking down games. I like analyzing games. I like games. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not into the noise going on around the league. Um, but there is no denying that... There is no denying that this is a critical point for the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, for, for lack of a better way to phrase it, you know, one of our writers at Orlando Magic Daily said this is the most critical phase for the Orlando Magic in their rebuild. 
This is the phase where you go from we're a promising young team to we are ready to compete for something real. We are ready to be in the playoff discussion, to be a potential playoff team, to be a team that everyone has to account for in a major way. I have been among those talking about the playoffs, um, talking about the postseason chase. I've been kind of on that train early. Um, I think that the team, the players at least, are talking openly about it. They know how good this team can be. They know what this team is capable of doing. And I think you have to be blind to not, or just not watching, to look at this roster and and not think they are a playoff-capable roster. A flawed team, they're not a championship team yet, and that's going to come as their young players get better. But they are certainly capable of making the playoffs. In other words, if this season is a, is a success, which which the season's a success already, um, you know, provided they keep at this pace for the rest of the year, um, ultimately, ultimately, what this season needed to be about, be about was escaping the gravitational pull of the lottery of the NBA draft lottery. Now, Orlando is still, you know, even if the Magic kind of keep at this pace that they're going. They're still likely going to have the fifth or sixth best lottery odds. So for those that aren't ready to leave the the warm, comforting embrace of the ping pong balls, um, if you're not ready to leave that, the Magic are still going to get plenty good odds. They're still going to be in plenty good position to to potentially get the number one pick, uh, to potentially jump into that top four. And with two lottery picks this year, they're still going to add some really talented players in this year's draft. Um, I've heard mixed things about this year's draft. I know some people who are really excited about the depth of this draft. I know some people who think that it's just the top two guys, and that's about it. Um, I've not done my deep dive on this draft. I've watched a few Keontae George games. I've watched a, a lot of Florida games. Um, I've watched a lot of UCF games, so I'm, I feel pretty good about Taylor Hendricks and the fact that he's probably going in the late teens or early 20s at, at best. Um, I'm behind on my draft prep. I'll admit that. I'm excited to see Scoot Henderson at the Rising Stars game. Let's let them put that put it that way. And and yes, if the Magic get a top two pick, Scoot Henderson is a really would be a really good fit for this team, as much as Victor Wembanyama would be. Um, but this season is not about looking at the lottery. This season is about advancing and and, and stepping forward and, and becoming a more consistent playoff team. The question then for this Magic team, the question then that I think gets answered at these transaction periods is what do we need to take that next step? Now, obviously, the answer is shooting. Every single trade that I have pitched, every single trade that's been pitched to me, every single trade that I've seen national writers pitch involves shooting. Whether it's swapping Terrence Ross for Luke Kennard or Mo Bamba for Luke Kennard or going after Joe Harris from the Nets and who knows what the Nets are going to do. Um, you know, Even the Fred Van Vliet stuff, as, as much as I don't, think it holds as much water as everyone's saying it does. I, I think there's a... Uh, I, I will, I'm writing this post today, um, and I'll talk more about it uh, on the live show later today. Uh, the Orlando Magic are the boogeyman of this trade deadline. Um, and, and, and that's honestly a compliment because everyone sees this Magic team as having money to spend and the desire to start winning. The desire to be a little bit of aggressive to push this team forward. Um... They are the boogeyman. They're the ones, they're like, if Fred Van Vliet wants to play for Phoenix, Toronto's telling Phoenix, 
you better get this deal done now or Orlando's just going to sign him in the offseason. Or we're getting an offer from Orlando. They want him bad. They're going to sign him in the offseason. If they don't get him now, you better get his bird rights or you're not going to be able to keep him. Like, that's 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 what's going on around the league. That's that's what I, I smell going on around the league. Uh, I'm surprised we're not seeing the Magic attached to more names, to be perfectly honest. But everyone kind of connects dots and says, oh, Fred VanVleet would be a perfect fit in Orlando. Let's let's use let's let's leverage that. Let's leverage that a little bit. Um, but that's again a compliment to say that even around the league, everyone knows Orlando is ready to take a, ne- a next step. And so these trans- transaction periods are about taking that next step. Are about pushing this team up a level, up a, a tier, up a grouping to be capable of winning at a higher level. That's what's going on here. That's what's at the heart of this trade deadline. Is the Magic are being pushed up a level. Everyone understands and recognizes this team is going to be a force. And so the question now for Jeff Wellman, who has been active at the trade deadline in big and small ways, the question then is, who's the right person who are the players you're willing to give up? And how do you push this team forward? Internal development's a big piece of it. This team's going to go as far as Paolo and Franz take them. As far as Wendell Carter improves his three-point shooting. As far as Markel Fultz improves his shooting. As far as, you know, on and on and on and on and on. As far as guys accept their roles. But it's also pretty clear that this roster can't do it by itself. And so now comes the big challenge. Now comes the big test. How do you get this team to the next level? Who is What is the move that pushes this team forward? And that's going to be the fun part of the next 24 plus hours and then on toward the draft as this Magic team begins to really take steps to be a playoff team. The playoffs, the postseason, are not dirty words around here anymore. They are a realistic and true goal for this group. I mean, you start acting like it as well. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Remember, today at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be doing a Twitter Spaces on the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter page at omagicdaily. I'll take your trade deadline questions. We'll chat a little bit about the deadline. Uh, get into all that, so we'll have a lot of fun there. Don't forget to, to check out the Locked On NBA Trade Deadline Show. That'll be Thursday at 2 p.m. I will probably hop on there before I have to go down to the Amway Center uh, to cover the Magic's game against the Denver Nuggets. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Now make your second listen the Game to Game NBA po- podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget to check them out today to get all the reaction and recaps of LeBron James becoming the all-time NBA scoring leader. I joked at the top of the show that a serious congratulations to LeBron James. It was an incredible moment. It's been a pleasure watching him throughout his entire career, except for six games in uh, May 2009. Um, It's been an incredible pleasure watching his entire career and uh, witnessing uh, one of the great players in NBA history, one of the greatest players in NBA history. I, I, I won't get into the other part of that debate. 
But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is Phil Foster. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 